Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Arrow. I'm Rob, and with me today is... Seiji. And... Left. And uh, we're here to talk to you guys about uh, game stuff. I think that's the usual way we do this. Game stuff. Talk about game stuff. Game stuff. Games, game stuff. stuff. It's still Dragon Ball, huh? So we have another... Dragon Ballish theme. This 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 uh, episode, Not, sort of, sort of. It's like kind of connected. Mm. We took Dragon Ball realm. to mean all things uh, anime and, and manga, games, kind of stuff like that. But so this time later on in the episode, we're going to talk about Yoshitaka Amano mm -hmm. uh, and his influence in the industry. We get some news. Seiji has something interesting he's brought. We have some medieval bitching. Or possibly happiness. I can't really tell. Mm -hmm. I would like to bitch at least a little bit. Mm. So I don't know what you're doing. Here's a crazy theory for you guys. So we get we don't have a large viewership. We have enough to make us happy. But I noticed that our E3 episode had a huge spike of like 200 views. Uh -huh. E3? No, no, not. I mean, like in the other couple days ago. Oh. Mm -hmm. I, so I have a theory that bots are like. Like, you know, our biggest like, fans? Like, I think bots are our biggest fans, and they're giving us a bunch of plays, and then they send spam, like, buy 10,000 clicks that mean nothing. Like, I don't <laughs> understand why people would. I know I do get why it makes them look like they have more fans, but people aren't listening. What's the point? My, I'd rather have one fan tell a friend or force that friend to listen than buy 200 clicks. You know what I'm saying? If you're listening and you have a friend, yep. then, you know, send them a link. If you're listening, you should uh, go to our YouTube page and like it because we need or subscribe because we need 481 more. No, oh. 479. Sorry, oh, okay. my brain. 479 more subscribers before we can get our own uh, personal URL. So it's inside identity live. Let's jump to this news though. We, we don't have time for dilly dallying. I mean, this is a, a a lot. I had a lot of news. I brought a lot of news today. So I was checking out uh, Polygon. I don't usually go to Polygon, but. Apparently, there's an Xbox 360 disc-scratching lawsuit brought eight years ago is going forward. Hmm. A little blurb from the site, uh, from uh, Polygon. Okay, so this, this lawsuit is going to move forward following an appellate court's rejection of Microsoft's attempts to keep it from becoming a class action. In March, a three-judge panel for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals had overruled a distinct, or sorry, overruled a district court decision denying a class action lawsuit against Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft had asked the entire court to reconsider that ruling and the motion has been denied. Uh, unless Microsoft appeals that to the U.S. Supreme Court, the case is set to proceed in federal district court where it may become a class action. And the plaintiffs argue, argue that even under normal playing conditions, the disk drive is so sensitive that it spins disk out of control and into other parts of the console, scratching the disks and making them unplayable. Microsoft says the vast majority of Xbox 360 users do not experience this problem and that the disk scratching, if it occurs, due to the consumer's misuse of the console and is not a design flaw. What do you guys think about that? I didn't know that that was a thing. That's pretty That's pretty serious, too, like Clash Axe on Lawsuit. Like, yeah, that's that's scary stuff for a company. Well, didn't uh, Sony recently have the same kind of thing go on with the whole play network thing? They always get like, settled out of court, though. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Almost always. But people were all going, going yeah, bananas over yeah. that. Yeah, what do you think about that, Sadie? Xbox. Microsoft. What? <laughs> wait. <laughs> that, that's Sorry, all he thinks? One second. Come in. Yo, what's up, guys? This is uh, Cobb. I hear you talking shit about the Xbox 360, bitches. Look, all y'all don't know shit, because the Xbox, my disc, dude, I just download my fucking games anyways. Uh, you know, I'm playing the Halos. I don't need no disc shit. What's wrong with you guys? I know. Well, I like how you call it the Halos. Cobb makes a good point. Like, I mean, here we are. We're, we're like... Almost wanting to defend this class action lawsuit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, guys. What are you saying that for? So, but what is it? So they're <laughs> they're suing over the Xbox 360 ruining the disc. From what I understand, the disc it was spinning so fast, the disc is bouncing off and scratching itself. Yo, nerds! I don't even know what you guys are even talking about. Disc spinning? Like, what does that even mean? You're breaking your disc, and now you're blaming Microsoft? Ugh. I I could I have to agree with Cobb here. I uh, I just I don't find it to be a very like justifiable thing to sue someone about. Wait, you agree with me, dude? I do, I do. <laughs> just, just on this, I can't believe you agree with Cobb. <laughs> of all people, um, I don't know. It, I, I would. I think it's stupid to assume that your Xbox or your whatever console you have is not going to. There's typical kind of wear and tear, but obviously the disc popping around is a little bit more. Than that's if it's expect. spinning so fast that that's happening, yeah, right? I don't know that. 
I would just I would just go like eh and I'd move on from it. Dude, it sounds like crazy conspiracy from PS fanboys and Nintendo jerks. <laughs> I don't even think that stuff happens. Whatever, guys. I mean, seriously, dude, don't be suing my Xbox. I all right, all right. Well, thanks, Cobb, for coming. Whatever, dude. I do what I want. Man, Cobb's gone. But yeah, that's that's the uh, the whole class action thing. It's it's, it's pretty good. I I didn't sign up for it, so I don't even care anyway. <laughs> uh, Devil Stirred. We've talked about Devil Stirred last episode. Yeah. A little bit of um, shenanigans with the Devil Stirred, mm-hmm. as I understand. Bad reviews. Yeah, bad reviews. Well, I guess we weren't sure about the release date and. Blah blah blah. The Devil's Third U.S. release date is just quarter four, with a uh, French version, a free version coming to the PSC. Not French version. <laughs> Who wants to play that? <laughs> and this is uh, so. The reason I picked that article is says there's a free version coming to the PS PC. I keep seeing PS. I don't know what it means by a free. P- like, oh, you know, free to play. Yeah. Uh, like crooks. Yeah. Wait. What? What? That's Do you know anything about the game? Do you know why it had what free to play elements it would even have? Well, it, it's know. it's it's probably like a free to play game based off Devil's Third. Yeah, I think that's what it sounds like. That's weird, eh? Like a Fallout. Oh, they're making like these franchise of Devil's Third. That's like bombing. already before yeah. before it's even a success. But have you seen any footage? No, really? not yet. This looks boring. Like, I've seen images, and it looks like just stock looking. It looks so. It doesn't have any life or any or any style to it. The character's just a. Dude, who looks like a cheetah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> cheetah I man. Guy. I saw some. Uh, some <laughs> he does look like a cheetah. It looks yeah. pretty standard. Yeah, that's it. Just kind just of looks standard. Standard. Do you think Cobb would like it? Hmm? Do you think Cobb might like it? Yes. Yeah, Cobb, yeah, but Cobb wouldn't buy it. Yeah. PC version, he might like that. Mm-hmm. So, but is this is like an action adventure, like a God of War type game, like Devil May Cry? Isn't that what it was? I thought that's what we was. Kind of like first person. Oh. When you're when you're shooting, it's third person. When you're using the the sword, it's like a third oh, person. So, so it goes game, in between. Right? Yeah, it's like a shooter, hack and slash kind of thing. I don't know. It it, it doesn't look any, spe- anything special. I don't know. I might play it. Um, so buy it at least. I will buy it. Yeah, after. if it has a physical record, of course. I will buy yeah. it. Yeah. So this is kind of like the second uh, more mature title for the Wii U. The What's first the first one? Bayonetta two. Oh. I- yeah, Bayonetta, I, I don't want to call Bayonetta mature because it's not really it doesn't feel it's too goofy and weird and stylistic like I know what you mean it's, no yeah it's, it's, it's yeah, more yeah, of an yeah. adult aimed game but, but this one looks like I guess this looks bland in comparison to Bayonetta like, well, you don't and, solve and the comparison th- that's kind of what I was I was going to say like do you think that this game's not going to really hold a candle to no, Bayonetta not at all I, didn't, I mean I'm saying it out of ignorance but if the reviews are already starting like that I mean Bayonetta got like rave reviews and mm-hmm. stuff from people and justifiably so it's a great game yeah this one just, it doesn't, like, Bayonetta looks good. It has a style. It ha- it's distinctive. It's engaging. But this one looks so standard, and I don't want to play the Cheetah Man. I'll play, I'll play Cheetah Man. <laughs> Cheetah Man. Next piece of news. I, I want to follow up on my, so I keep bringing, so I'm going to get branded a hipster at some point, because guess what? Another vinyl video game collection coming out. <laughs> the la- I saw it like, oh, I gotta bring this to the show. The Last of Us is now getting the record treatment, kind of like how I talked about Street Fighter yeah, last time. Mm-hmm. I want to play that game. Oh, so good. You gotta play it. You should buy a PS3. And you talked about it, and I was thinking this the day. You should get a PS3. There's so <laughs> many games that, that are, are worth you should, playing. You should just do it. I want to play that and Journey. Yeah, Journey's one I want to play too. But there's there's a, there's a ton of good games for the PS3. Some games that might even be sagey-like in nature. Like Journey. Like Journey. Yeah, I, gotta play, I haven't played it yet. That would be a fun one to play together. So, yeah, The Last of Us Vinyl. Not much more to say about that other than every time I see one of these things, I'm going to bring it in because I think it's funny. Um, Collectible that you have no interest in collecting. Well, if I saw one, I'd maybe get it. But I don't have a record. I don't, need, I don't even like records. So. Um, real quick Pokemon news. You'll be able to snag Diancie and Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire soon. So she was available in X and Y, if I'm not mistaken, because I think I have Diancie. But Nintendo has announced that that Pokemon, uh, one of the newer Pokemon on the block, along with Hoopa, I mean, that's who I got, anyways, will be available through a, distri- a distribution event in Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. All I have to do is access the online functionality within the game from July 24th to July 27th. That's cool. So it's, it's, like, it's just a free Diancie, just like they've been giving away a lot of free legendaries. Yeah. In current time, that's tomorrow. Ooh. In present time, if you're listening to when it's come out, that was two days ago where it was available. But still available... Possibly even today, while you're listening, if you're listening to it today. So if you got Pokemon, go get that 
go get that Diancy. Your girlfriend don't want that. Yeah. She's been playing it like crazy. So, so you guys could Diancy together. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. So the Atlas, which is an awesome company, uh, crossed Vanillaware game. Odysphere is coming out in the PS3, PS4, and Vita. Uh, a short time ago, Atlas and Vanillaware were teasing a special project, and now they have confirmed that it's none other than Odensphere, Leaf Dresser, a new port for the PS3, PS4, and Vita. It's a remake with enhanced graphics, as well as other tweaks and new bosses. It'll be released January 14th, 2016, in Japan, and will cost, uh, you know, whatever retail game costs. So I'll buy that. I haven't played the first Odin Spear. I played uh, Miramasa. As a Miramasa. I've never played it. So. Uh, they're like, beautiful hand-painted 2D side-scrolling uh, hack-and-slash kind of games. Like, Well, hack-and-slash is not quite. Like an RPG action game-ish side-scrolling thing. Because you get like weapons. In Miramasa, at least, you have weapons that you can level up. Um, swords and stuff and different abilities. And, and it's you can talk to villagers and you kind of go into towns and stuff as you're playing through this game. It, I guess it has more of a feel of the Metroidvania actually because you upgrade swords that let you go to new areas and the map is one giant map but it's all 2D, right? Uh, side-scrolling. Yeah, so I know. it's awesome. 2D side-scroller. No, I recommend... Always Miramasa is available for the Wii. So if you, oh, I, oh, I recommend okay. I recommend that for sure. We um, spoke of... We, sorry, before the show started, we I, I, I encouraged people to Google... Crash Bandicoot intro uh, cartoon because <laughs> this came out not too long ago uh, and it, there's a trailer for or I guess it's the intro really for a cartoon based on Crash Bandicoot that never came to be and it was a big brand in the 90s I mean most people back then knew but Crash he was kind of the unofficial mascot of uh, PlayStation and so back then they wanted to to pub, you know get on that right monopolize on the popularity and so they start looks like they commissioned a cartoon he made and we watched the intro what do you guys think of the intro? Sloppy, <laughs> so sloppy. Very nineties. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. So it says here in the article, which is from Push Square. During the early days of development, the publisher was knocking on the idea of an Animaniacs-inspired cartoon spinoff, and that here's then it's the look of the prototype. So it was just a prototype. The idea was. So did they do any episodes or just no. just that intro song that we watched? I'm, Everyone should watch that, by the way. Everybody should absolutely yeah. watch it. The song itself is real. The idea was the animation would be fleshed out further if the game was a commercial success. But the Japanese giant was eager to push the poly- polygonal, 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 right? yeah. polygonal power of the inaugural gaming console at the time. I felt that the 2D cartoon detracted from its message, and so the show was scrapped, and that's what became of. That. So, so they scrapped it only because it's like we're in 3D games. Yeah, we're 3D now. We, we need don't... to make sure it's 3D. Here, so we're gonna confuse wow. kids, kids <laughs> to the cartoon and think that's what the game will be. If well, that's the reason why they scrapped it, was that's... there ever a 2D Crash Bandicoot game? No, I don't think so. No, that'd be nice though. I'd play that. Yeah, yeah. He used only 3Ds. I I played a couple of Crash games recently. Crash Bandicoot Racing. But he's currently, like, out of circulation. Yeah, right? he's dead. Crash Bandicoot is well, dead. Well, yeah, he's not really in any new games. But, I mean, he's, he's alive in Gamer's Heart. Yes. Just like yours. True, so. true. Video game characters never die, Seiji. They just hide from the world. <laughs> I just hide in the heart of gamers. <laughs> That's not true. I didn't say that. Characters die. No. Left. I no, I'm being deep. I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know... Oh, <laughs> well, we walked away because something yeah. might change. I know. <laughs> I know we gotta, we gotta put your foot around it, but people out there might know what we're talking about. What do you think the fan reaction of that being uh, that that pivotal scene in that game that we're talking about in, in in the game if it if it were to be remade and that scene was changed or retconned? I I would boycott the game. Yeah. I think it'd be ridiculous to change the story. The impact of that on the story is just tremendous. So, and if they got rid of it, it would just be like, "What the fuck?" The reason we're pussyfooting around is because we Seiji doesn't know. Play, yeah. play the game. Yeah. Really know, but. So if you can't figure out from crypto, it should be pretty obvious what we're talking about. If you can't figure it out, just message me on Twitter. <laughs> I, and I will tell you what what it is, so you're not confused. So Dishonored, you guys are aware, of course, that there's going to be a PS3, PS4 version, a, re, a remake or a definitive edition, which I'm going to get. I guess if you already own the PS3 Dishonored, Dishonored, you'll be able to upgrade to a PS4 with a discount. That's pretty cool. Uh, so it says here, and this is from Push Square, a PlayStation website. So I like to, I, I try to support Nintendo sites and Square. I don't throw X-Bones too often, though. Uh, this is probably the way that the remaster should be handled in the first place. Dishonored Definitive Edition is up for pre-order on the PlayStation 4. We already know that. And if you happen to own a copy of the original PlayStation 3 game digitally, They'll be able to purchase the re-release for a heavily reduced 19.99 as opposed to 40. 
There you go, half the price if you get the nice, shiny version. <laughs> and as a person like me, if I had the PS3 version, I probably would have been okay upgrading because I still had a physical copy. But I don't, so I'm going to buy it. Megan has it, but I don't count her game in my collection. <laughs> uh, they are separate. And lastly, the last piece of news I have is a little bit controversial. I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about it before. Project Cars, guys. Oh. Canceled on the Wii U. Uh, an update, and if this is from IGN. Update. An official statement regarding the cancellation has been released by Slightly Mad uh, creative director Andy Tudor. Despite much perseverance in the Wii U version of Project Cars, we will no longer be actively pursuing development on it as the quality does not meet our high standards nor our intended vision for the title on this platform. We eagerly look forward to any announcement of further hardware from Nintendo, but right now, Project Cars is simply too much for Wii U despite our very best efforts. Apologies to our Nintendo fans out there that have been waiting for further news in this, but have no desire to release a product that isn't at the very least comparable with our highest rated versions of the platform. One less other game for Seiji to collect. We optimistically look forward, therefore, to what the future may hold. Seiji, you look distraught. Are you okay, buddy? I'm glad. Seiji, <laughs> everybody, Seiji's crying right now. No, I'm really glad. Uh, <laughs> I had no interest for that game, Game of Wild Cards. What about people who... People like, uh, well, let's pretend if Cobber's still with us and he only had a Wii U, so he's already hating his life. But he has one, one <laughs> bro game that looks like he could play, probably Project Cars. He doesn't want to play Mario Kart this anymore. This is so hypothetical. He's, he's sick of Mario Kart, and he and now he finds out that he can't, you know, he can't play this game either. How do you think Cobb would feel about this? How do you think Heiji would feel? Upset. I don't think he, they, they either of them would care. Well, they probably well, sell their Wii U. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? Like they wouldn't have a Wii U. I mean, I'm not so. going to call him back in. He, he's <laughs> an obnoxious twat. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Cobb that much, but mm-hmm. he's, he's around something. It's it's one of those things that it's too bad that it's not happening. But ultimately, I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't have gotten it, so I don't care personally. Yeah, but and I, I don't can't. That's what I mean. I can't imagine a whole lot of real dedicated Wii U players would be. It seems a little upset. snotty, though. It does. It's it like, does. But it's not. You know. Your Wii U is not good enough. Sorry, bitch. But I'm not putting it on your platform. It doesn't meet our high expectations. But I mean, it's probably true. Today. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be putting Final Fantasy 15 on the Wii U. Exactly. And besides, the Wii U is gone now. Anyways, they, they're done with the Wii U. Yeah. It's all with the took NX. It, took it out back and shot it. <laughs> also, you'll have Mario Maker to go. Okay. I'm excited. Mario, Mario Maker is going to be one of the Yoshi's best games. Holy World, Xenoblade. There's still a few games, but no secret games here, Megami. I think the games that have been announced are there's still some exciting ones left, but I feel like there's no more going to be no more new announcements for the Wii U, other than it's grave. It's <laughs> the Wii U is dead. Rip the Wii U. Still the best library of this generation. Wow, that's changing, man. I don't see it. I don't see that's it happening you until only see Nintendo. But if you were to look yeah. at other other platforms, yeah, the PS4, I right now. I think it is right the strongest now? library. It will be the strongest library at the end of the year. And probably the good, for the good, for the better part of next year. It depends on how good I guess because a lot of those really good looking games are coming out next year. But like Dishonored Four looks really cool, but I don't know enough gameplay to, to judge it. But then there's um, Fallout Four. That's gonna be a huge game. Like if you're a big fan of RPGs and stuff, there's but the thankfully thing, there is a counter coming for the Wii U because but the, they get Xenoblade. The thing too is that you know a single game's not gonna make the whole library for the PlayStation There's a lot better. of better. But that's what I mean. We need those to come out in volume, and then uh, it's only a matter of time until PS4 dethrones the Wii U as the better library. Yeah. You know, because you, you still need ten to fifteen really really good. You know, what we should yeah. do uh, maybe next episode or episode after we should gather you and I. You get a list of your of fifteen amazing Wii U games, and I'll see if I can find. I'll look and be and be objective, and see if I can find fifteen really good PS4 games, and we can see if they're at this point in time, as of next week, if they're comparable or not. I've seen analysis, and I I, I saw a really good one last week. I don't remember the name of the channel. This guy made a um a, made lists of ex- exclusive content for mm-hmm. all, for all of the current generation consoles, and it was very compelling. And he was just taking. Um, he was taking in consideration the ratings from Metacritic, mm-hmm. IGN, GameSpot. I don't remember which which other ones. And yeah, like the, the libraries of of the other ones. But this is just exclusive content. Yeah. Was it, were pretty weak. You, you can only to, really do exclusive. To be content. fair, I most likely agree with you. I'm pretty sure I I think that Wii U has, and I was saying up until recently, it has the best library of current gen. So I'm more playing Devil's Advocate than anything, but. It's kind of funny because there's a kind of a difference between exclusive Wii U and exclusive PS4 
4, because PS4 exclusives, if you're comparing it to the Wii U, means that all of its... Because there's exclusives for those two consoles, Wii U, or PS4 and Xbone. Which usually come in PC2. Yeah, exactly. So those three, we're not well, counting PC, because PC's not a console. We're not talking about consoles. We're talking about specifically consoles. There are games that you can get on Xbox and PS4 that aren't exclusive to each other, but they're still exclusive to the Wii U that you can't play. And if you are... If I were to play Devil's Advocate, I, I would say, look, you know, Wii U has a lot of exclusive games that I can't play, but the PS4 has a lot of games that are exclusive to PS4 and Xbox, and I can still play them on my PS4, but you cannot play it on your your Wii U. So, if you know what I mean, like, it makes no. What I'm saying <laughs> makes sense. I'm not crazy. No, no, I, I'm, I'm following your your train. I mean, if we're talking like like it's, straight it, up, it's not available. It's multiplats that are not available on Nintendo. That's what you're saying. Yeah, well, Nintendo is the strongest first party in general, but we're talking about two consoles, libraries versus each other, right? Not mm-hmm. exclusives. Well, I mean, if you're talking exclusives, I'm not. I'm talking about available games per library between the two of them. If you had a PS4 and you had a, you had a Wii U, I mean, first of all, the PS4's library is probably already bigger than the Wii U's is. And it seems like... So Wii U seems like it has some of the best games right now, but they seem like they have more shovelware already. Just looking at your collection that you're getting, this is not a dig at you, but you're buying all, everything for the Wii U, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Which means you're buying a lot of the crap, too. And, and there's a lot of crap on the Wii U that I just don't <laughs> see on the PS4 floating around, you know? And, and so I wonder if, like, it's two extremes in the Wii U and but the it, PS4 is, like, everything in between. It's also the fact that, like, the Wii U has, you know, five to ten times as many games as the PS4 has available. Does it, though? It's got a lot more. I I'm, I, I think I we should research it. Maybe we should do an there's, episode yeah, in the maybe we should. I know PS4 and Wii U's current states. There's quite a bit more Wii U games, so there's just... It's more diluted with some shittier games. Is probably what Maybe. it is. That that's my suspicion. I, I've noticed that there's been more and more PS4 games that have been sneaking into existence that I didn't even know were there. That are good. I don't know if they're good. No, <laughs> they don't. They don't have the shovelware look like cars or planes. You know that, that, kind, of, that kind of look. But but just games I had not heard of. A lot of them sound like kind of generic in their own way. That like something shadows and yeah, part yeah. of something. I don't know. Empire of this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's <laughs> it for, for that part. But Seiji... I have, oh, I have one piece of Is it a newsflash? News. No, it's not a newsflash. <laughs> but here's a quick question. Sure. Esports. Is it a sport? Quick yes or no. I don't want to get into it too much. Yeah. You know? Borderline yeah. yes. Technically not. The definition of a sport is physical activity, which there's none in. I don't know so, I would disagree, but you train. Yeah, yeah. There, there, but there's still um, coordination and things like that that are involved. But anyways... It's, it's like barely a sport, yeah, it's, if it is one. So I'm an extremely competitive HOTS player for all you non-HOTS player that's here. Are you the extremely score. competitive? No, no. no. Alright, I was going to say I didn't get that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in the super serious team league, average at best... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rob's in it too. That's why he's laughing. But um, so electronic sports are are booming. Remember they used to be there's they competitive Dota. I, I was watching some of the North American Open for Hots and stuff like that. So it's it's becoming pretty popular. So here's something that I found to be pretty funny. Apparently, the electronic sports league is now going to start doing doping tests. Are you serious? On people, yes. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Why? Because here's why. Because do you know Do you know what Adderall is? Oh, uh, kind of. It's, like it's, it's a drug that basically makes you extremely alert um, and gives you kind of an intense focus. Oh, so if you were to take weed, would you get a bonus then? Like a, 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 a <laughs> handicap since you're slow? <laughs> since you're slow? I, I would even argue against uh, or for coffee. For coffee? Well, or yeah, well you, you know, in caffeine. a way. Well, you're, not coffee, but caffeine. But caffeine, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, caffeine pill? Yeah, exactly, right. They will make you more but, alert. But, that, but that's actually a problem, apparently. A lot of them do Adderall. Do we need to They go to... They're, they're going to start? They're going to start. I kind of okay. I'm so, okay with that. Hey, look, they want to be taken seriously. They, you're right, you're right. If they want to be taken seriously, they can't can be doing drugs and take then, Adderall. No. Well, then they shouldn't be able to. <laughs> if you want to be a sport... Then you have to, uh, but in esports, maybe they should only test for e viruses and e drugs. <laughs> like if you're downloading the uh, speed program, <laughs> so that's a funny thing. A lot of these guys that, that you know they make a living out of games, like even like chess players. I'll include all of those. They have to work out because they're going to be sitting there for hours. And and they're gonna get tired. Yeah, like mentally, mentally, you need to be healthy. You know, your 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 mental health. Yes, but also uh, doing a lot of thinking, really intense thinking, will will drain your your whole body. Yeah. So so that's my because we we did our first team league battle oh, in here's the storm and we're zero and two. We did so, so bad. We, we didn't know what we were doing. So what we're gonna need to do is we're all gonna need to do a whole bunch of Adderall. 
Yes. And then and then we'll start winning. <laughs> yes, that's a good idea. Sage, you had you had one thing, uh, a bonus, a non-news thing, but something you want to discuss before we we did our topic. Well, this is something that I think we haven't done, but we all come from a game development uh, background. That is true. And I was reading Gamma Sutra, which is a really um, it's a really popular <sighs> website Sorry, for game development articles. And yeah. there's one that was published today by... Uh, it was written by Tania X. Short, which is the lead designer for Kid Fox Games. Okay. Um, and it's... The, uh, the title I find really, really funny. I think we're all going to have a good time reading this. It's called Five Ways to Be a Terrible Game Designer. <laughs> so if you want to read it, it's, it's a fairly long article. I'll look for it. Um, it's there. I'm just going to... The highlights. CG highlights. The highlights. And see see what you guys think. Okay. So the first terrible designer habit is don't take feedback. Yes, that is terrible. (laughs) As an artist as well, it's a bad bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've, we've all interacted with designers, and we, well, or with game developers in general, right? Yeah. But the designers uh, usually have to make a lot of decisions. And it's your role. You are a designer. Yes. Yeah. So don't take feedback, and and I would agree that's bad. You don't take feedback because you right? cannot be arrogant. Uh, game development is a team effort, right? So, but the second one is really good. <laughs> okay. Which is use all the feedback. <laughs> it is true too. You cannot just like lose control creatively, or or right, right. The vision of the game should still be the vision of, of of one guy, or at least a singular vision, even if it's not the the vision of of you personally. But you need to construct this. You you design you, you yeah. come up with the vision, agree on the vision before you start going into mm-hmm. design, and then if you stick true to that, vision. yeah. Because the worst thing that can that can happen when you use all the feedback is that you get to that position where. The the you make creative decisions by committee. Yeah, it's not by committee. It's something you want to avoid. That's that's awful. Third one is be jaded or cynical. Oh, you're not cynical though. No, no, that that's terrible. Oh, don't that's bad. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. terrible designer habit. No, okay, I I know I've known designers who are very cynical. Most designers that I've met too, they're <laughs> yeah. really, really. You're jaded. right. You're right. A lot of them that I've met are like that too. Right? <laughs> they just they lost their, <laughs> they lost their will to be happy. And yeah. they like, love games. like long ago. <laughs> uh, terrible designer habit number four: only design for yourself. Yeah, that's something that can happen. It happens to me a lot. Do you design for yourself? Or yeah, or? Oh. I mean that is inevitable. But you have to recognize it, right? And you have to be able to use feedback and, and use data and try to f- try to recognize that you are not doing the game just for yourself. It's right? so You're true. trying to appeal to it's 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 other very people. it's like what you say is funny because a lot of this does apply to other disciplines. Like as an artist, you're gonna want to do you might want to design things your way, or you might want to use your, your the style that you're most comfortable with, or, or your default drawing. Uh, maybe you like to draw more stylized cartoony characters, but you know it doesn't fit the theme, but you still fight for it because you think that style is better. But thematically, it really doesn't fit. Like, it's a darker tone. You don't want to do, like, little chitty characters and shit, even though I love drawing little cute characters. Mm-hmm. But, but it, but you know, it, sometimes it's hard. You fight with that internally. Like, you think this is the best way to do it, but you realize, or should realize that, no, that's not the best way to do it because that's it's not good for the game. It's not good for the tone of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very applicable to uh, art. And the last one is be only a daydreamer. And, well, if you don't read, but I, I've read it. It means that you, you need to know how to implement stuff. You, you just can go, oh, this, I have a good idea. Let's do this. That, that, and then you, you yeah. just don't care for the Again, this, picture, it. Again, right? same with art. You design something that's overcomplicated and not functional game. It's worth for animation. Like, if you're, if you're going to do an animated TV show and you want to design a really cool-looking character, but you realize you can't animate that over and over and over again. That's why you have to simplify these characters. Not as, as big a problem for video games, but you still, you gotta be reasonable. Like, is a character, we have three character artists, we have three uh, uh, 3D modelers, and you have this, you design these massive ships that have all these intricate parts. They're not gonna have time to do that. And of course, from a design perspective, you have to be able, to, you have to know what can actually be implemented in the game, right? Yeah, a lot of these things apply to design in general. Not only video game design, but when you're doing, uh, you're a concept artist, so you do a lot of design. Yeah. Not just like production of assets, right? Right, right, right. That that last one with the daydreaming. Do you guys know who like Peter Molino is, the designer for Fable? <laughs> he he is the biggest daydreamer designer of all time. He made a god of an empty game. <laughs> so I just want to finish with the summary, which yeah, is it's the opposite, right? So five ways to overcome all those flaws. So the five are: take your feedback, mm-hmm. be confident in your chosen direction, stay positive. Uh, designed towards a specific experience, not just yourself, and understanding how to implement your designs. Damn. So Damn. that's 
That's good. Is that good? Uh, Are you gonna tattoo that on your arm? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I was reading it today, and and I was like, oh, this is this is good stuff, and because well, this is related to video games a lot or video game development. Rather. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. should keep uh, you know keep your eye on more of those because this is a fun. I want I want us to share more insight as developers to our listeners who might not just love video games but want to know how they work and the inner working. So if you see interesting articles that might apply to an artist or whatever, send them to me and maybe I'll talk about it in the show and and testing and all that wonderful jazz that we have going on. Yeah, and if you're, great, good, good bring in. If, if, if you're listening to the show and you want to know more about not just games and what we like, but also how how is it to work yeah. in the industry, what happens when whatever, I mean, leave a comment. Leave a comment. We'll, yeah. we'll be happy to answer if you yeah. want to know. Because we have... QA experience we have art experience we have design and I, I also been in engineering so yeah exactly absolutely we have most of it covered none of us have been producers but you know who wants to be we can, we can we can <laughs> we can make fun of producers so if, that, if that helps anything so yeah so up next our next topic is Yoshitaka Amano All right, we're back, and we're here, as I said, to talk about Yoshitaka Amano. Uh, most people out there probably know him as the guy who draws the logos for Final Fantasy, <laughs> but I have some more information from you, thanks to things like Wikipedia and the interwebs. So, here's a little, here's a little summary of, of him. So, you two, who don't, may not, well, you know who he is left. Yeah. The yeah. Seiji may not be as familiar. So, yeah. this, this gentleman was born March 26, 1952, and let's stop right there for a second. Man, a lot of our heroes were all born in the 50s. <laughs> Miyamoto, Iwata, uh, uh, what was um, Gunpei was too, right? Like, all these guys were born in the 50s and led the charge in the 80s when they were in like, their teens and 20s. It makes sense. Yeah. And Kira Toriyama, too. So, he's a Japanese artist, character designer, illustrator in theater and film, scenic designer, and costume designer. He first came into prominence in the late 60s, working on the first anime adaptation of Speed Racer. He later became the creator of I iconic still love Speed Racer. Speed Racer is great. It was great. We'll yeah. come back to that maybe. Uh, so he came to prominence during Speed Racer. He later became the creator of iconic and influential characters such as Gotcha Man, Tekka Man, Hutch the Honeybee, and Kashin. In 1982, he went independent and became a freelance artist. He worked on best-selling novel series such as The Guin Saga and Vampire Hunter D. And if you guys out there hear page turning, it's because I brought the box <laughs> set of uh, what is it, Into the Sky? I think it's called. Uh, the uh, oh, the Amano full on uh, Final Fantasy art books. There's like three books like, in a in a three books in like a huge case. So if you hear that, that's what people they're just taking a look at the art. So of course he's known in our industry for being commissioned to create illustrations for Final Fantasy. He has a huge body of work, but let's focus on his game stuff. In 1987, he joined Square to work on the first Final Fantasy. He produced concept art for the game in both traditional and computer-designed artwork. At the same time, he worked at Kirai Software, uh, Kuobo, producing box art uh, illustrations and character designs. After Final Fantasy IV, he stepped down as the main character, image, and graphic designer of the series. He continued to uh, produce promo and character artwork for the following games and design their logos. So, uh, I'll tell you about some of the games he's worked on in a few minutes. Or a few seconds, even. So in 2006, our old pal Hironobu Sakaguchi, if you guys remember him from like episode 18, uh, or from knowing him in general, uh, recruited him to Mistwalker. And so here's some games that you may have seen as art, or that, or he has influenced. And this is besides Final Fantasy, which has been in every one of them. Uh, Duel, it's a 1989 game. He did the box art. First Queen 2, 1990, did the box cover. Front Mission. 1995 character designer. I love yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like a RTS, style kind of yeah, fun with tactics, but with mechs and stuff, yep. right? Uh, Front Mission Gun Hazard, 1996 character designer. Cartia, The World of Fate, 1998 art designer. Uh, El Dorado Gate, 2001 character illustrations and original character designer. Lord of Vermilion, in 2008 he was a guest card illustrator. Lord of Akana, 2010 guest monster designer and Fantasy Life, 2012 image illustrator. I didn't know that. And Child of Light, 2014 image illustrator, that, that, which I thought was pretty cool. Because um, he's, he's obviously a Japanese artist, and uh, you don't see, obviously, it's from the work I just read, not a lot of stuff outside of, ja of Japan that he's done artwork. So it's pretty cool that Ubisoft commissioned him to do some promo art for their RPG, and, and they wanted to pay homage to a lot of those games. Whether you liked the game or not, or whether it was successful, that was their intent. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's pretty cool. 
So you guys had a chance to look through some of the work and, and stuff, and I'm curious to what you guys think of, of his, his work, his style. It's very distinct, a lot like Kira Toriyama's. It's distinctive. It, 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 it's not, it doesn't blend with the background. Or it's not very generic. It's, it's, it's kind of full of a lot of energy and yeah. motion, and, and it feels like it's moving, which, which I think is cool, because Kira Toriyama's is, is very solid and, and kind of... And, not stiff necessarily, but very grounded and rigid. Whereas his is, is flowing. I know these are all like lame sounding words, but, but uh, I, I think you're kind of capturing it pretty well. Like I've I've admired the artwork since I was a little kid, and because his the artwork that we just saw was all very the Final Fantasy VI artwork was yep. very very big, and I was looking at like Final Fantasy VII. It's weird it was, seeing it that it way. It was really weird seeing it that way, but it was really really good, and it gives a lot of emotion to a still character. His particular artwork, yep. you can kind of see them, and it makes you kind of wonder about them. And I think he captures characters. Mm-hmm extremely well with his artwork the brush strokes and stuff that he uses is, it's just you can it just gives that feeling of, of uh, rhythm and emotion yeah no, it's, it's, versus other art like uh, we've, we've talked about where it's still great in its own way but it, but some stuff just feels like it's super grounded yes and his doesn't his, his is flowing no. and the design's kind of funny because they're so different like if you look at his cloud and I encourage you to look up his art because he has concept art for every one of the Final Fantasies. But his cloud looks so weird compared to 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 a, I can't believe it's Brian like Nomura's. I believe he's the artist, the lead artist, Tetsuo Nomura, another artist, another another influential game designer. We we need to talk about it sometime. At any rate, uh, he's the one who designed Cloud, and then Amano did the promotional art of Cloud, and they're very different. Uh, looking. Yeah. Well, I was looking at like Amaranth from Final Fantasy IX, yeah. and he doesn't look I at know. all he looks, like so different. Yeah, he looks like a regular human rather than some sort of. Well, all of this human. does like his day. No, stuff yeah, like yeah. That. Well, obviously, Yumaro was still very yeah. well, abominable snowman, but yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I I remember seeing a lot of his sick stuff. That up till six, they were the what they you, were they, all what you that. Would show, yeah, yeah. Because that was like because otherwise you're looking at the graphics, sprite, you know, sprite stuff, which is still cool, but. To show off those characters, so you're used to seeing Terra in that dinosaur mech. Yeah. Know, even though in the game it looks like a full-on the like, humanoid, but but growing like I always thought his lock looked really cool. Yes, yeah. And I always want a lock to look like that in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he makes he makes certain characters um, look more appealing than like Setzer. I always thought to be a very boring character, yeah. but I found his portrait to be very very good, and it made me want to play as Setzer, having my team. He said, "I know. I remember. I do have." Uh, in a minute or so I'll go through I did a Q&A of him actually I didn't do it but I, I got <laughs> excerpt, excerpt from it but one thing I was thinking about is I know he said that and I'll read it in a second but he said he was inspired or it took influence from a lot of like uh, western cartoons but looking at his work his characters characters all look, have a kind of like a feminine quality to it yeah, they remind yeah. me of old like maybe 16th 17th century Japanese kind of paintings you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they have that yeah. like that old school looking uh, Japanese faces and it's like in paintings not yeah like, it's kind of like very delicate features yeah the face, like, like geisha oh, sort of yeah. But. <laughs> yeah but it's it's such a cool style and, and I, it's just different from other manga styles of, of the time oh it's it's very different it's than very cool style. so I wanted to ask I know this wouldn't apply to you as much Seiji so I apologize but I wanted to ask what your favorite Final Fantasy logos were because you did the logos for every one of the games oh jeez and even the current ones, sure. Because um, yeah, he's he done did, most he of them. them. He's done the Cydia, uh thirteen, and I'm pretty sure he's done four. And I'm, f- I'm, I'm, f- I have them fairly fresh in the memory from playing theater rhythm because you see them well, all the time. I think he did that. He's so sure. well, like you pretty see, sure, you see all the original ones when you pick what Final Fantasy oh. game music yeah, you want to yeah. do. And and quite honestly, I know it's recent, but the fourteen logo is really That's good. The soldiers, or yeah, that there's all like the weapons kind of like coming out of it. It looks right. It looks it's very memorable to me, and I'd probably go with that one. I chose a few. Final Fantasy one. You can't choose a yeah, few. I said, what are some of your oh, favorites? Yeah, right, right, right. I didn't say what is your. All time favorite is seven. Okay, but my, some of my with favorites the, with that. Yeah, it's, it's so iconic. Well it's the thing, it's yeah. the meteor, which is yeah. a big part. Yeah, of very true. Uh, so Final Fantasy one, uh, which is the Warrior of Light. Five, which is a, a dragon, but I found it framed really well. Seven, of course. Eleven is really cool. Tactics and thirteen. I thought thirteen was really good as well. They're all. You know, I encourage people to check out these online. You can just type in Final Fantasy logos and you'll see all of them. And they, they, they're, they're all of them are pretty cool. But those are the ones I found That's the most. Kind of it. It has, most into, yeah, uh, yeah. Fourteen looks really good yeah. too. Say, so you take a look at the. It's a pretty cool logo. You know. Like I, I, it's artistic. The yes, logo yeah. is always very artistic. Very, and very graphic. Artistic. A, lot of, a lot of logos tend to be graphic. Like, looking at the Legend of Zelda one there, like it's a very graphic design, a graphic one, but that's 
kind of artsy, you know. So, um, from that, so this is a Comic Con panel. A few things I just took some from the article because a lot of it had to do with with Onaman stuff. But uh, I chose some of the ones I liked from it. So I'll do question and answer. So I'll do my nerd voice. At your Comic Con panel, you mentioned that your favorite artists as kid were Disney animators for films like Bambi and Snow White. What when you were older and studying art? What were your favorite artists? Who? <laughs> Neil Adams was one of them. I wasn't really into fine art at the time, but there weren't many options for American superhero comics in Japan. In the seventies, I was into Peter Max and Andy Warhol as pop art started to come to Japan. So you went to school at the same time you were working at Tatsunoko. I moved to Tokyo and went to high school while I was working at Tatsunoko. But after a while, I just wanted Busy to work man. at Tatsunoko full time. Yeah, Jeez, he is, isn't working he? working a job and still in high school yeah, as an artist. That's pretty that's, cool. That that kind of shows that the, his skills almost innate. His his answer almost seems to imply that he stopped going to school. I didn't read anywhere that he dropped out, but he said, like he just said, I moved to Tokyo, went to high school while working at Tatsunoko. But after a while, I just went to work at Tatsunoko. Oh, maybe maybe he's a dropout. Maybe he's yeah. a dropout. You've designed many characters for the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> was there any character that you had to redesign more than any other? That you, uh, which one was the most memorable? I like this question. Yeah, the one. I, yeah, you might like the answer. <laughs> I think I know who he's talking about, but he he doesn't know. Okay, the one I remember the most is a female character who carried a whip around and was to be a strong woman, but they decided to drop her at the last minute, and she never made it into the game. I don't know if she changed the most, but that's the one I wanted to work on and develop a little more. If you check the art book, the sky, there's a lot of stuff that was never used. She's probably in there. <laughs> Who he's talking about reminds me of Keistas from FF8. Yeah, that's but kind she of, was used. Yeah, though, so maybe, that's what I was thinking too. But. I don't know any other one. Which game was she going to appear in? It was so long ago that I don't remember. The more I deviate my characters, the more interesting they get, and the ones that end up on the cutting room floor are often the ones I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the last one. It's not uh, game related from him. This last question, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Lastly, a question about Tackle Man, the octopus superhero you've created. I understand that you're still waiting for Dark Horse President Mike Richardson to write the story for you, but what can you tell us about the general idea of the character? Would he be a Japanese or American superhero? It would take place in New York City, and he'd be American. <laughs> what I, I mentioned that one is just because it's like he's bridging this culture gap, right? Like, he's a Japanese artist, and you don't... I mean, you get the commission, like, covers here and there. You're right, but it's not... He, it, it's I actually, not common, right? It's not common, and, and I didn't write this down, but I think he did an Electro Wolverine comic. Like in the really? 90s. Yeah, I remember seeing this comic book store now, and I actually remember this. This is coming back to me. Like, the art style was very distinct, and I'm almost positive that that it was him, actually, that he did the art for this. And I'm going to confirm. I wasn't familiar, familiar with the name coming into the show, but uh, after seeing um, uh, the books that you brought, um, I'm surprised how familiar I'm, I am with his work. Oh, you are actually quite familiar with it? Yeah, I've seen a lot of these illustrations, maybe just in magazines. Yeah, or yeah. In, in, in game covers. Um, the style is really strong. He's a true artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a very, very traditional-looking artist. And just just as a, a side note, he did work on Electra and Wolverine, The Redeemer, 2002. Wow. So it was, it was his work. Cool. Yeah. and that, He's again, all over the place. That's cool, though. That It gives, like... I respect video game artists and stuff, and comic book artists and stuff, but sometimes... I have no respect for them. (laughs) But artists sometimes have this kind of, they kind of, like, go beyond that medium, and they become this worldwide thing. So he's, like, not only is he just doing art for, for, you know, anime and manga, but he's doing art for for international stuff. And, like, you don't, I don't think you see a lot of this, but you don't see many, like... I don't know, let's pick an artist. Humberto Ramos, he's a comic book artist, but you don't see a lot of him doing guest manga stuff. Yeah, right? or like video game covers. Yeah, like well, that. yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was an artist over here, uh, comic artist, Joe Madera. He did all the concept work and stuff for Darkstalkers. See, I even, Dark... I even know that name. Darkstalkers? Uh, Darksiders. Darksiders. Yes, yeah, so I got the art book there. He did all the art for that, but he's also he's mainly a comic book artist. And I have a bunch of comics that he's worked on too. So, th- so that's kind of a, a reversal, yeah. actually. I well, guess those, my own question. Those types of collaborations are, are very positive, I think, for both industries. Yeah, it kind of like links the two. Yeah, and it even kind of, kind of, it can put a fresh perspective on art. Because if you have just someone who's doing it video games all the time, all the time, all the time, then you get a comic book artist who do it. He may just have you know a completely different way of thinking about it, yeah. and then the the results could be amazing. Yeah. So I guess we're all in agreement that yeah. uh, he's pretty cool. Yeah. So we've kind of built this list of uh, episodes where we're talking about developers. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like looking back on our episodes, we're going to have episodes about games or episodes about 
general topics, episodes about lore-specific stuff like bosses, like the Gomo one, and then we had this other subject of just developers and, and stuff like that, and I think that that's really cool that we were getting this kind of variety in our episode, you know? Uh, but I guess that's all I have to say about, about Amano. We, we really like him, and uh, recommend looking at his work. You've yeah. already seen it if you're listening to our podcast. You're likely a gamer. You've already seen his work. If we, but if, like, Seiji, you don't recall a name, just Google it, and you'll instantly be like, oh, I know that guy. And, um, so that's all for this segment, but we're going to do a few miscellaneous stuff up next, because I think we talked about a couple things. Alright, Seiji, Amiibos. We haven't talked, or complained, or cried about Amiibos in a little while now. Why don't we... I know Sundary J still listens to this show, and we haven't given him any Amiibo hate in a while. Mm-hmm. Because we've been just kind of died on the inside about Amiibos. Let's 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 wrap about amiibos. Hey, so well, the current state of amiibos is that there were a lot of restocks, so they did a second print of a lot of rare amiibos, and I was able to get some of the rare ones that I was missing, That's like true. Little Pit and, and Little, little Pit? Pit. I love Little Pit, <laughs> like Little Pit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> that. That's really cool. Like so, Holy Trinity and Little Pit. Little Pit. So yeah. <laughs> those those were. Some of the rarest ones, so and I got them all. These restocks, I know. I think we pointed out in a previous episode how the villager restock is different looking. You can tell that is the most first. noticeable. Yeah, are the other ones at all noticeable to you? Nothing that I can. Nothing that isn't one of the um, icons tell. on it different. Oh, excuse me. Oh, the, the, the packaging is different. Packaging. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the packaging is different. Yeah, because when Amiibos were first released. They were only compatible with the Wii U. So in the back uh, cover, they only had the Wii U. Oh, use the Wii U, Wii U. But now they have Wii U and the 3DS. Also, there's the, uh, there's a cool trivia. Okay. So when in in the first print of Amiibos, they have uh, Super Mario series Mario in the back, right? <laughs> which is something which is an Amiibo that didn't exist at the moment. The the base of that Amiibo was um, brown instead of the oh, right. of the standard black. So it was like a, this weird amiibo that doesn't exist. In the in the second print, this Super Mario series amiibos were released, and now the, the base of the Mario amiibo is red. So they corrected that. So now <laughs> so that's you, correct. The part you bothered by the fact that you don't have the first print. Yeah, because now no, and also, also I was I was trying to trade some of my um, spare amiibos, and people are asking for things like pit first print. <laughs> Oh, uh, it, it has gotten into See, that, I, yeah. thankfully, I don't care. I That's just, really hardcore. I just want them. Like, yeah, yeah, Seiji, yeah. you are, of course, now, thanks to you, I'm going to have a Shulk and a Amarus for my collection. Very happy about that. I don't care that that... Oh, so, wait, wait, wait. So, oh. there was a... Um, so, as you know, Shulk. Yes, the most rarest. After this this uh, restock, I think the, the rarest Amiibo title went to Shulk because there was only one print. And here in China, we got two, I think, right? Yeah, in general, the whole thing. EB Games got two. It's yeah. exclusive to EB Game and GameStop. So, after that restock of the Holy Trinity and Little Pit, <laughs> there, there was a, a Shulk restock. And, it's, they, they, and, and I started seeing news about it, right? And, and I was able to get one. Yeah, I was sad. Well, not I've had I, was, I was about to get one of the EB games. When I when I told you, I think you went. I went. And it was not there. Yeah, I was angry. Okay, so I, always angry. So I went to Halifax last week or Dartmouth, and I went to an EB games there, and there were four, four Shulks in one store. He it was wow. crazy. No, 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 no. Bought, yeah, you should buy all four. You got one for me, so I'm happy. I got one for me and one for you. Yeah. Oh, you have two Shulks then. Yeah, the other one I'm, I'm going to try to to trade for Robin. Okay, that's the one that I'm missing. Robin and Lucina. Yeah, uh, I still hate them. Uh, so Palatina was up on Amazon for I don't know oh, how long. So they said. So they said Palatina is exclusive to Amazon, and we yeah. were like, oh, okay, there's gonna be a five a ton. They said there'd be a lot of them. They say they have the, the conspiracies. And they, they said it was going to be released rarely on the twenty fourth, mm. and then last Sunday. Yeah, I don't even know because I didn't even know about it. Richard just messaged like, "Oh, Palatina's up." I'm like, "Oh, I'm not gonna get it." It's up for like I don't know how how many hours. I got it when he messaged me. Yeah. Usually, usually when this happens, the flow is Sage or Richard are like, uh, "Filters up, blah 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 blah." I'll go click in the cart. I'm like, "Yes, I got it." Peg gone. That's how it, my experience has been every time. And then I'm usually like, "Fuck, I hate Amiibos right after that." Uh-huh. But this time I was like, "I'm like, I just went half heartedly like." 
click, whatever. I guess I'll try. Cart, sure. Confirm. And like, what? Oh, I got it. Uh-huh. Hooray! Uh-huh. Yeah, so I figured you got it too. So tomorrow at 6 p.m., mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to put uh, Poutine up on Amazon. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see because uh, from my late ex- latest experience getting Amiibos, it seems like a more civilized yeah, affair. <laughs> uh, Dark Pit. He's the other. He's part of the other Dark, half of Dark, Wave Five. So Dark Pit is five a bit of a, it's a bit of a mystery. So it's exclusive to Best Buy in the states, not here. But from what I know so far, it's exclusive to the online stores of Best Buy and Walmart. All right. Well, it's, it's weird. On, it's, it's an online exclusive. I don't know. So <laughs> for sure, is is going to be online only in Walmart. So not we, we won't bother going yeah. there. Good because I don't want it. Yeah. But Best Buy hasn't said anything, at least for Canada and no, nor Toys R Us. So just waiting for one of the trucks to bounce and knock off a box so that we can get we them. Can get yeah. So we'll see. There's we'll the Canada see. box. So yeah. this is this is Wave Five A. Right. So other parts of the world got all of them. Yeah. And we get, we get a couple at a time. Yeah. It's weird. So Europe already has weird. Dark Peak, Peltina, Ganondorf, uh, Olimar. So oh. I don't know what else. I'm kind of glad. And though. the Yoshi Amiibos, the cute ones. Oh, right. The Yoshi. Well, it's because Yarnyoshi, they actually yeah. got the game, and we still don't have ours. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that they're that they're doing that, though, because it may, I don't know, it's, uh, they're already so hard to get, dole them out a little bit looser, but hopefully more qualities, quantities of each, which means maybe have a chance of getting them, so that's cool. Yeah. When are we going to see Ryu and Amiibo? He's going to come. Eventually, mm-hmm. anyway. They're probably one of the last ones, yeah. right? Yeah. I want, I want to see some, some more series of Amiibo start. Like, we had the Super Mario World one, which was kind of a boring series. To yeah. Be honest with you. But what, what other series would Pokemon. you... Pokemon. Pokemon. But they don't... They, they don't have... I guess, like, there's... It seems still... I want a trainer. I want Pokemon. <laughs> I want all the Pokemon. Yeah. But it seems like they're still mostly gravitated towards Wii U use because 3DS is still a little more of a limited market. Yeah, not, they, not everyone they're has... They're not stuck on the, that. Now the sensor or the new 3DS XL. Well, let's fucking get on so, it. I would like to, but <laughs> I use them for Wii. So, but what, what other series would you really think they would go with? I think before wrote this before I jump in on that because I will answer. I think that they have more people with the 3DS. Like the 3DS install base is like loads more than the Wii U. I think that probably more people have the stupid scanner than people have Wii U's. <laughs> go, so I think they should start marketing towards 3DS. Yeah, maybe. But series wise, just I wanted to just finish this thought before I forgot. Because I oh, series, um, one interesting thing about the the um, Smash series is they could go older characters, Man. like uh, Pokemon Trainer, for example. It'd be neat to see if they do figures for them, and maybe it unlocks a trophy or something in the game. Anyways, that's just something I want to throw out there. As far as other series goes, Mario Kart, but that, the card versions, yeah, like literally, they're in yeah, they're, carts. They're carts. Yeah. They they yeah. seem to be more gravitating towards single, like the the little robot, whatever. To be robot, robot, yeah. Oh, if you mean just like on, on one. But, 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 but that's what it seems like they're doing. Well, that, that's what I think we're mostly going to see. So, are you asking what we think we're seeing or what we want to see? What we what we think we're going to see? Oh, well, both really. I think if there's going to be a Zelda U, and I think there's going to be, we're going to get yeah, Zelda I think we'll get Zelda NX. Zelda NX Amiibos? I don't think we're going to get Zelda U, because I don't believe it's going to come out of the Wii U. No, probably not. If it comes, I hope, and I think it's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get Amiibos for for that Zelda game. Yeah, I I can see that. Because there'll be be enough new characters to... There should just be Amiibos for all their games. I know, it's crazy. But in a way, they do. In a way, they do. Because Mario games is... You know, you have Mario, and he's in many different Nintendo games. I think Pokemon series would be really cool. Even if it's not, like, all one. Like, we're not putting (laughs) 30 whatever many Pokemon. But, for example, they're they're pushing these new new, um, legendaries, like Koopa. Yeah, yeah. Well, having those as the Pokemon series would be cool. But think of that. Think of this as a DLC. You fucking buy one of these Amiibos, and you get the Pokemon in the game. exactly. Like, isn't that... When you think about it for a second, that's... That's that's pay to win. It's good in a way, though, because then you're getting Pokemon that maybe they have a different ability on them or something. As long as you can still get the regular Pokemons in the games, like you always could, but then you can buy these Pokemon with a different ability or a rare ability. Or shine. Oh, that would be cool. That would be really cool. I know it's kind of like... It feels money-grubbing, right? But as a fan right now, you I'm love saying it. <laughs> I think that's cool because I buy the, the Amiibo that I would buy anyways. But I'd rather buy an Amiibo than DLT. Yeah, me too, because you get a figure with it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. double. Like, I think that would be really... Now, and it's also usable in other games. 
Right. It would kind of suck for me in a way because then I'd have to buy two to get the shinies because I can't open them. <laughs> but I can just pick the ones I want. But but shiny or abilities or just an egg form, is a, that would be a really cool way of using the next Pokemon game that it eventually will come out. You know, some just have some Pokemon. Look, as long as you make it so that you can technically get the game it in the game without having to buy Amiibos, but have it be different, i.e. shiny or come with a certain ability or a certain item, I think that's really cool. And, yeah. I, and I would be behind that. All the way, and I think kids would like that too. All right. So before we end the episode, sorry, you something? No, that's some silly. I just, oh. I hope, I hope Mega Man does something in Mighty Number no. Nine for Wii U. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> like doesn't try to load it, and he's like, I can't appear. Here. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. you're already playing it, or you unlocked whatever might you unlocked Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> I, one real quick thing before the episode ends: you guys want to do a little update, a break in the backlog? You guys beat any games recently? I, I told you already, I, I finished uh, Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Call. Uh, you just, you get like Rhythmia when yeah, it, the more you great. play, and then once you get 20,000, you fight Chaos, yeah. who is the first, or the last boss of Final Fantasy 1, and then he joins you and you can beat him. Yeah. So I beat that just the other day. I beat Shadows of the Dam for the PS3 recently. That's a weird game, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done by Suda51, and uh, yeah, it's quite. It's a strange game, lots of dick jokes. Uh, you're you're hunt, you're looking for your girlfriend in the demon world. Very sexist. Uh, it's just a weird Japanese game. I also beat Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, or is it Return to Dreamland? Nightmare in Dreamland for the Game Boy Advance. That's a fun game. And I, I know I beat a few other ones recently, but I can't remember off the top yeah, of my head. But those are two recent games. I had a, I had another one that I was gonna say, but thinking about this like two weeks ago but I don't remember anymore I'm playing Enslaved right now for the PS3 oh yeah yeah it was a game that came out kind of like in similar veins to Shadows of the Dam kind of like uh, critically received decently but didn't really make a big hit uh, but it's fun it was a really cool game same developers as, as Heavenly Sword which was a PS3 launch yeah game. I've played Heavenly and Sword. Uh, yeah that's, that game's a lot of fun and I, I was also of course um, I think in the next game I might play Kirby Triple Deluxe for the 3DS next it's kind of cool I don't know and I'm also making my way through Attack of the Saiyans the game's still really solid that's uh, the RPG yeah yeah you know? I think you should, I should I'd like to I'll yeah, you when I'm yeah. done you, you, you have 3DS you can play it oh you Tage you play any games I'm playing a lot of Splatoon Oh, he's still playing that. Love Splatoon. I, that I, 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 I know they're updating recently stuff. I just haven't felt the urge to Unfortunately, play. Unfortunately, Heroes of the Storm. I'm, yeah, I know. So I'm so into it. That's so my I, multiplayer yeah. time now. Same. I'm ranked B. Oh, it's super hard. See, Weeks to get, to get rank B. We, that's the thing. If we start playing with Seiji, he's gonna be like learn to play noobs. Yeah, versus us. Yeah, Heiji will show up. Bro, Heiji playing. I think I already put in like forty hours. Splatoon. We it's a good pro- game. probably more. It's great. I love it. When um, the team stuff comes out, I might try and pick it up again. Playing a lot of Hearthstone. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm getting very into Hearthstone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saved a lot of dust the other day, and I got Archmage Antonidas. Nice. Is the, the, legendary. It's a legendary form for the mage class. Yeah. Is, cool. it, is it your first legendary? The first one that I crafted. Yes. Nice. Six times nice. sixteen hundred, right? Yes. See, I want period, but I don't play right now, but I know I'll go back to it. Like, I it's a 5-7 card. Every time you cast a spell, <laughs> it gives you a fireball. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's insane. That's a really insane. What, what is it to bring out? Hmm? How much mana to summon? Seven. Okay. What about when you bring in your um, your uh, owl card, the 2-1 that silences it? That's kind of unfortunate for that card. Yeah, but usually what I do is I, I put an, yeah, I, I put the card and then I cast a spell, and so I get at least a fireball. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it's still it's easy anyway. And then it's still pretty powerful. It's fun, like five yeah, seven. Yeah. I've clashed with I played played Hearthstone with you a few times. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I suck. And some <laughs> other mobile games that I'm cool. playing a lot. All right. Well, hey, good solid episode. It's been a while since we got a chance to talk about some random stuff at the end. There's some amiibo hate. I still hate amiibos and love them at the same time. But I a have four, and I love my four. Yeah. So I'm waiting for Ryu. I don't think I need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week's episode will be about Dragon Power Dragon? or Dragon Ball, games. Dragon Ball games. A whole bunch of Dragon Ball games. I'm gonna bring in a pile of them. We'll see which ones we've played, which ones we haven't. I have about. 40 of them mm-hmm. oh so wow we'll just go through and, and mention some of them we'll talk about a little more like the final bout I'm sure and some mm-hmm. we'll just skip over um, so uh, on the YouTube channel Final Fantasy Part 3 and 4 is either up or will be up very very soon yeah. Dragon Power our first official Game Talk episode so that's what we used to do a game episode every every other week or every week every actually week, yeah. we've moved it to YouTube so we can have visuals to support it our very first one will be up Soon, very very soon, hopefully. 
with a second one to follow based on Dragon Ball as well. After that, we'll be doing a different game we haven't decided yet. So YouTube stuff, there's going to be a lot more coming out very soon. Um, and then some more bottom of the barrels and stuff. I'm yeah, sure we got too. lots lined up. Uh, what about blog posts? Are you going to see that game rating one sometime in the near future? It's already started. Bam, there we go. Damn. Lots of content coming out. And, and all our DLC is free. <laughs> all you have to do is subscribe to our channel. You don't have to do that, but we'd like you to. So I think that's it. Uh, bonus barrel, Twitter. We're, I'm always checking that. So you know, feel free to, to leave messages there, tweet at us or whatever. Uh, same with uh, our website, bonusbarrel.com. You can leave messages. We get comments and stuff there occasionally to uh, to us. And YouTube, you can leave messages there as well. And on Facebook. So if you need to complain to us or correct us, mm. you have options. Mm. I mean, I can't hold a gun to your head, but you can't... If you're like at home, like, I fucking hate Seiji. Well, I don't know why you ever would, first of all. But you don't have to sit You're there a horrible and, person. You don't, yeah, you are. But you don't have to stew in that hatred. You can tell us that you hate it. Seiji is like following a seven. I hate that guy. Please do. Please tell him he wants the hate. No, but seriously, you know, drop us a line. We're needy, and, you know, we need to hear from, from people. Or we don't really. We've been going, we're fine for a long time. But anyways, you know, thanks for listening uh, to us, and uh, we'll see you next time. So this is Rob. And Lev. And Peace out.